Let me glorify our God. The Bible says there is none who is beside thee. Thank God again for giving us another day. Because he gave us another day, this is the day that the Lord has made. I have made up in my mind to rejoice and be glad in it. I know it's cold this morning, but still, this is the day that the Lord has made. We ought to rejoice and be glad in it. Is there anybody glad in the house of the Lord on this morning? He is our rock in a weary land, shelter in the time of a storm. When we need to go to war, God is a battle axe. Let me slow down. Thank God for greatest pastor preacher in America. Y'all need to give it up for your your pastor. Our pastor, Reverend Dr. Richard Benjamin Payne. this young man so much I named one of my children exactly the same name. Same name. I want to thank God for Sister Bev, uh, for Sister Anita. I want to exalt and thank God for my favorite girl. My wife, Quintricia, she is all that in a bag. <laughs> for our children, Demetrius, in his absence, for Jason Vashon Jr., and for Richard Benjamin Haynes, as he used to say, too. Preachers get up. They won't tell you this, but when preachers get up, they are always nervous before they speak. They won't tell you that. I want to thank God for the preachers house and thank God for you my father's children one way I like to get out of my nerves is the word of God so the earth is the Lord and its fullness thereof the world and they which dwell therein for he hath founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who have not lifted up his soul to vanity, nor has sworn deceitfully, he shall be the receive the blessing of the Lord and righteousness from God our Savior. This is the generation that seek him, that seek thy face, O Jacob. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King 
of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. I feel better now. White Oak Church, they tell me you got 15 minutes, so. <laughs> Priest, thank God for, for the White Oak Spring Church also. Thank God for what they have allowed on today. Thank God for their prayers for me here at the Salem Church, my home church. I was nurtured and raised and matured at this place and love it to this day love its people love its pastor love its purpose if you will just grab your bible with me and turn if you will to acts chapter 10 ending our reading today with the first verse acts chapter 10 You got a King James pastor. If y'all don't mind, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version. Is that all right? The Word of God. Acts chapter 10, beginning at verse 1, from the English Standard Version, the Word of God reads thusly, At Caesarea there was a man named Cornelius, centurion of what was known as the Italian cohort, a devout man who feared God with all of his household, gave alms generously to the people and prayed continually to God. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God come in and say to him, Cornelius, stared at him in terror and said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, Your prayers and your alms have ascended as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and bring one Simon who is called Peter. He is lodging with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea. When the angel who spoke to him had departed, he called two of his servants and a devout soldier from among those who attended him. Having related everything to them, he sent them to Joppa. The word of God for the people of God. I want to label our lesson this morning, tag title to this text, if you will. Certified by God. Certified by God. 
It's a wonderful thing that this morning I am in the Salem church. A church where the people know me. Because you know me, you know I'm a bit peculiar. And don't look at me funny, you are too. That I'm a bit peculiar in the fact that sometimes things that trigger my mind would probably not trigger yours. And I remember a time when I was a little boy, Linwood Apartments, Gainesville, Georgia. We had a day out of school, y'all, and we had a day out of school, and we were outside, and while we were outside running around playing, I stumbled across what was an advertisement for the local grocery store. Uh, those who are from Gainesville know some years ago, there's a local grocery store called the A.M.P. All right. And in the A.M.P., this, this, this advertisement, I looked at it, and there was a, a, a sale for some red meat. Some red meat, and, and anybody knows me, I love red meat. I love me some hamburgers, and don't eat steak a lot because I guess we were broke, cheap. Hamburgers were better for me, but... I love me some red meat and, 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 and on the red meat on the paper, it had a brand on the meat. And the meat on the brand was USDA. And the peculiar child I was, I wonder what in the world was this brand on this red meat. And then I remembered being at the grocery store with my mother. And seeing the brand on the meat, USDA, well, what I came to learn was that the United States Department of Agriculture had certified that meat. Had certified that meat because that meat was born a certain way. That meat was raised a certain way. That meat was fed a certain way. That meat was killed a certain way. That meat was drained a certain way. Then that meat was prepared a certain way. And when it was, the USDA said, we can now certify this meat. I'm just trying to help you out. That even in the state of Georgia, you can go to school and get your BS in education. You can get your education specialist. You can even go on to the University of Georgia, Georgia State, Georgia Southern, get a PhD in education. But one thing I do know, no matter how much education you got, when you go to teach a class, you have to go by the Georgia Professional Standards Board and they have to certify you as a teacher. That you can't just walk up in the class because you got an education. Somebody got to let you know that there is a process where you have to be certified. Just trying to tell somebody you have to be certified. For, for some years, I worked in the financial sales industry. And I worked, uh, before I worked in the industry, I had to take a test to become a stockbroker. And when I took this test, I had the test, and I'll never forget. It was one of the greatest days of my life, people of God. I, I passed this test because I had failed it a couple times. And y'all looking at me funny, you failed some tests too. I, I had failed it a couple times. And when I passed it, I praised my hand and said, Lord, I, I thank you. I, I can keep my job, and I can keep paying for my house and keep my wife all right. Anybody know? But then after a while, the new, uh, back then, the NASD, the National Social Association of Securities Dealers. They now call it FINRA, the Financial Industry Regulatory Authority. They had to certify me. 
they had to certify me before I could trade stocks. Anybody know I have never set foot in the New York Stock Exchange. I've never been on the Chicago board, but because I was certified, I had the same thing that every broker, no matter if they were well in New York City, on Wall Street, I stood with them because I was certified. No matter if you are a little boy, one of six children from Gainesville, Georgia, segregated town, you are a, a, a son of a preacher with a third grade education. No matter if you didn't have the ability to go to college, not because you wasn't smart enough, simply called mama and daddy couldn't pay for you to go to college, but you had enough in you to go get a job and you got a job and then you had a job, but after that you had a career. God called you to be a policeman then after that God called you to be a preacher and for more than 30 years God has showed us that God can certify anybody even a little boy from Gainesville Georgia Jim Crow laws God can make you somebody I'm trying to tell you God will certify you that is God who certifies. And, and y'all know that it doesn't matter who you are, what your circumstance is for God to certify you. Amen. Can y'all walk with me in the text just a little bit? I want to show you how God can certify you. Uh, the Bible says at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius. A centurion who was known of what was called the Italian cohort. God can certify you no matter what your name is. Who your mama and daddy are. Who your folk are. God can certify you. I'm telling you, don't get mad at what you were named. God can certify you because God looks beyond what your name is. Y'all don't realize, y'all don't know how, how, how amazing this text is. Cornelius is the man God is about to certify. Cornelius, if y'all don't know, he ain't even a Jew. His name was not Adam. His name was not Abel or Seth. His name was something else. His name, y'all, was not even Noah. His name was not Seth. It was not Japheth. It was not Ham. God, somebody, it was not Moses. It was not Caleb. It was not Joshua. I'm trying to tell y'all, it was not David, Saul, or Solomon. It was not Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Ob Obadiah. It was not Joel, Amos. It was not Zephaniah. It was not Zechariah or Malachi. His name was Cornelius. He had a Gentile name. Yeah, somebody ought to be shouting right now. It don't matter what your name is. God can call you. I know they called you Corderell back in the day, but God can call you too, Corderell. Cornelius is, is, is not just not a Jew. He is European. Uh, he's not circumcised. Yeah. 
don't even know what it is. He is by the law actually unclean. And God had the nerve to call his name. Don't matter what your name is. Don't matter what your job is. Cornelius is a centurion. Uh, that probably tells us that he is not, not he is not a hired gun. He, he is probably Roman because he's a centurion. Centurion was a leader of at least 80 to 100 men. But he's not just a centurion. He is one who actually leads a cohort. 600 men. He is in authority. It does not matter what your job is. I know we've done some crazy jobs. You can work at a liquor store and God can still call you. You can be a shoe model, if anybody know what that is, and God can still call you. You can be a sanitation worker. Thank God for Martin Luther King Jr. And God can still call you. He is a soldier. And it doesn't matter what your name is. doesn't matter what you do. And it don't even matter who you work for. He is Cornelius, a Roman soldier who leads against the folk of God. He actually, is, he actually is commissioned to kill God's folk if it needs be. And he works for Caesar. He works for the man in charge. He works for the head honcho in Rome who controls all of the land. He works for the folk that want to make, I mean, I mean Rome great again. That's who he works for, y'all. He got the wrong name, got the wrong job, worked for the wrong folk, and God got the nerve to certify him. God done called him, and God can certify us not only because of who we are, what we do, and who we work for. God can certify us if we revere him and love his folk. Go with me in the text. Verse number two says he was a devout man who feared God with all his household. Said he gave alms generously to the people and he prayed continually before God. Cornelius is an odd cat, y'all. Because, don't miss it, he ain't saved. But he living right. Uh, raise your hand if you've confessed Jesus with your mouth. And you love him in your heart. And if you're like me, you love Jesus, but you struggle living right. 
I, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that struggle with living right. I, I struggle with living right every day when folk cut me off on 29. I want to say some four-letter words that are not Mark, Luke, or John. I'm talking about if you're living right. There's some time when I see the wrong kind of skirt, I want to look a little longer, but I'm married, y'all. Them, they, Cornelius don't even know Jesus and he living right the Bible says he is devout devout means he is religious y'all that means when it's time to cuss he loves on folk he says God bless you and may he bless you real good uh, I mean he's devout he's he is devout. He, he not only devout to the point where you know it ain't fake because his household is devout. Let me see how you're living. Look at folks' houses and you can really see how you are living. His household is devout. He's devout. His household is devout. And this is really a good check. He gives his money to the poor. Pastor Haynes, I had in the sermon, wasn't nobody might not have a witness right there. He gives his money. We have a hard time departing with our money. First of all, I told you in the beginning, it ain't your money anyway. The earth is the Lord. And the fullness thereof, the world, and they would get ain't your money be able to give it to somebody who needs it. Why you need five bedrooms? And it's two of y'all. He is devout. His household is devout. And he gives his money to folk. folk, folk, folk. But, 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 but there are more about He is a prayer. Y'all hang with me. He is a prayer. Don't miss it. He is a prayer. Many of us who love Jesus know how to pray. But a lot of us ain't prayers. What's the difference, preacher? Prayers are, are people who actually have a lifestyle of prayer. The Bible says that Cornelius prays continually. That he ain't just got to get in trouble to pray. That he ain't got to have surgery and I need to call Pastor Haynes because he needs to pray with me. Cornelius say, even if Pastor Haynes can't give to me, Lord, now I come unto you. With my heart and knee bent and heart and heavy bound, I need to call on your name. Let me help somebody out. You ain't got to learn how to pray like the deacons at Salem to pray. It's too many of us think that prayer has to be dressed up with words to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, oh, Lord, I come to you just one more time with my knees bent and my heart and heavy bound, eyes closed. You ain't got to learn how to pray like that. Sometimes all you got to say is me. 
me, O oh Lord, standing in the need. mother not my father but it's me oh lord standing in the need of prayer i need you in the morning lord need you at noonday need you later over in the midnight hour can i just call on your name and i don't want nothing from you god i just want to thank you for being my god i want to thank you for raising me up this morning thank you for the food on my table thank you that my children all right thank you that my wife still love me thank you be a prayer. Cornelius uh, was a prayer. A prayer. And if y'all allow me to pause parenthetically here, that, that good works and a good life won't get you to heaven. That I'm in Salem Church, the church with zeal, according to knowledge. And we all know that goodness don't get you to heaven. But we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. I, I wish I had some Bible readers. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. One more time for the Holy Ghost. We are saved by grace. I'm going to be shouting because your life worse than mine. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. But Cornelius helped us out. That good works don't save us, but maybe if we do some work, we'll send up enough timber to get God's attention. There, there, there's, there's a commercial, y'all. I, 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 I try to look at the world in homiletical glasses now. I'm a preacher, and I need preaching material. And some way God gave me some preaching material on the TV one day. There was a Orkin commercial. And in the orchid commercial, there was a lady said, she called orchid and said, I have a termite problem. And when she said, I have a termite problem, the lady said, she came over and I'll never forget. She went to the backyard and in the backyard, a daughter and a son were rolling a log. If you ain't from the south or from Wisconsin, maybe you don't know what log rolling is. But they were on the log and they were rolling and she was cheering on the wife, the woman was cheering on her daughter to roll the son off the log. But as the orchid lady saw this, she looked to her left and saw a whole bunch of logs on the side of the house. And she said, maybe that's your termite problem. All I'm trying to say is she had so much timber near the house that it brought a problem. Cornelius prayed so much, y'all, that he had built up so much timber that it had reached God, and God now took all his prayers and said, Cornelius, God, see what you're doing, boy. Maybe if you live right, you'll get his attention.
He got his attention. Look, look at the text, y'all. He got his attention and said, about the ninth hour of the day. Don't, don't, don't leave me there. Uh, the ninth hour was the hour of prayer. Uh, lean in close to me. Maybe if you want God to visit you, talk to him. Cornelius ain't waiting on God to come. He just calling on his name. And I think Cornelius has in his mind because I'm a military man and men are under my command. God don't need to come rescue me every time I call on him, but he still got the control enough to where when I need him, he'll come because he owns it all. So the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision. Angel of God came in and said to him, Cornelius, somebody praise God that he know your name. Even when you're not with him, he still knows. Somebody ought to thank God that when I was in a world of sin, shame, and sadness, the Lord still knew my name. He said, Cornelius, and he stared at him, y'all, in terror. Be careful how you want God to visit you. You know, we, we always talking about we want God to move. I don't really know if we want God to move because every time in the scripture when God moved, folk got scared. You know, we, have, we can have a hallelujah good time in church, but God, that's God moving on the inside of us through his Holy Spirit. If God really brought glory to come in this place, some of us would get in our car and never come back. I... Y'all think I'm lying to you? The Israelites were at the foot of Mount Sinai one day. They said, Moses, we want to stop talking to you and we want him to say something. And the Bible said, God just rumbled. And they said, Moses, tell him to never talk again. We good with you. He's terrified by the sight, not of God, of an angel of God. If you read on further, when he met uh, Peter, he said, the man who came to me had gleaming white clothes to a point where it scared me. But don't you know if God will visit you, he can take your terror and turn it into a testimony. Uh, He certifies him by his name, certifies him because of what he's doing. He says, your prayers and your alms have ascended to God as a memorial before God. Uh, can I hang and deal with this just one minute? That it was a memorial, Leviticus 2, 2, Leviticus 2, 9, Leviticus 2, 16. They were to give an offering to God. They were to take their best and then burn it to God. They called it a meal or cereal offering. In other words, God smelled the offering because it was worship. Yeah. 
And if you want God to get a whiff of what you're doing, learn how to worship him. Don't just give him praise for what he has done. Learn to worship him for who he is. Because we serve a great God. And he's worthy of our praise. Somebody said if he ain't never do another thing, he's already done. Enough. Is there anybody here that can praise God? Because he's already done enough. Took a little Negro from Gainesville, Georgia. Got three, four degrees. God's already done enough. Somebody ought to tell you that the food he put on your table this morning, he's already done enough. God has already done enough because even though we can't see it, the sun is in the sky. He's done enough. God. smelled the worship of a man that ain't even saved. And I need to help somebody out this morning. Y'all know I, I, it messed with my theology. Because I thought you had to sit in Salem Church with a robe on to get saved. But you can be on the street in the trap house and God can still call your you can be rapping with the Migos and God can still call your name. Somebody need to hear me this morning. Don't matter where you are, if you throw your hands up and worship him, he can call your name. That we have to be careful in who God can save. That I, I got some issues with the LB, whatever, GTQI community. But don't you fool yourself. God said, whosoever will, let him come. And I can thank God because I was in that whosoever crowd in my life. May have been sitting in the church but didn't know Jesus more than anybody. God can save anybody. And don't you get it twisted. We are to live for God. Old Testament scholar Michael Heiser has a theory. And, and it's actually a pretty good theory. He's an Old Testament Hebrew Bible scholar. And, and he, he messes with my theology every time I read him. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, we always claim, and I, I do the same thing in the church, that we are created in the image of God. And what we try to do then is define image means, image and likeness means a reflection of God. And what we try to do as theologians, Brother Graham, is we try to say God is intelligent. So we are intelligent. God has a will. So we have a will. God has love and compassion and we can, we try to match ourselves to God. Heiser say you're reading it wrong. All right. We are not made in the image of God. All right. We were made to image God. And maybe most church folk need to live like Cornelius because if you live like Cornelius, you are made to image God. Come on. Come on. 
Cornelius image God because he lived right. Cornelius image God because he gave the pofo. Cornelius image God because he prayed even though he didn't know God's name. Made in the image of God, but made to image God. Made to look like him. I declare if more of us, when we walk out of Salem on the morning and look more like God, more folk get saved. A lot of us trying to talk about God look like God. Prayers and arms have ascended as memorial before God. Says, last point I'm going to make, you can be certified by God. Because God will send you a man with the right message. Send men to Joppa. He said there's a man named Simon there. And he's called Peter. I knew I would get some help right now in the morning because we know Peter. God just didn't get any man. He got Peter. One of the first two disciples called Peter. Had a brother named Andrew. They were fishermen. Peter. Peter who said, Lord, I'll follow you anywhere. Peter, who at Matthew 16 said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Y'all know Peter, don't you? Peter would cuss you and cut you at the same time. Is there anybody here that got some Peter in you? God said, go find Simon Peter. Peter, who when Jesus died, Peter would say, I'm going back fishing. We done spent three years with this rascal and he ain't did nothing but die. I'm going to go do what I used to do and make some more money and hustle a little bit, Peter. Anybody ever left Jesus for a while to go back to do what you were doing before you met him because he ain't do enough for you, Peter. Uh, uh, Peter, 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 Peter. But God certifies not just you, He certifies because He allows the man with the message to be guided to you and built for you. Simon Peter is living at a tanner's house. Uh, uh, tanners work with dead stuff. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't get it. Peter was a good Jew. Why in the world is a good Jew living with a man who dead, works with dead stuff? Ah, uh, y'all ain't. Peter was a good Jew. Prayed three times a day. Didn't have anything unclean to ever touch his lip. Peter was a good Jew. Why is he living at a man's house who worked with dead stuff? Peter was a good Jew. Why was he living at an undertaker? Peter was a good Jew. I declare that God will certify you because God got a man ready for you and he living his life 
is, he is Simon with Simon. And, and, and Peter had already been through some stuff. Y'all remember before Jesus died, Peter, Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan desires to sift you as we. But I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And when you've been converted, strengthen the brothers. Simon thought he was talking about other Jews. But God was getting ready to send Simon for somebody who didn't look like him, didn't smell like him, didn't have the same sexual orientation as him, but he was his brother. I'm trying to get somebody in the room with me that God has somebody built for you, built for all your issues, built for all your troubles, and built for all your pain. I thank God that he sends a man of God at the time with a message from God that I need to hear from the Lord that when I was down and out, there was a man who spoke to me, but God had already readied the man for me. Peter, is that a dead man? Is a man's house working with this stuff? And, and he says, he's lodging there. And when the angel departed, love Cornelius. Cornelius said, all right, fellas, time to go to Joppa. The angel told Cornelius to do something. Right. He didn't even think about it, y'all. Right. But because he had command, he got some men together on horses and said, y'all ride as swiftly as you can right. to Joppa. All right. Because not only does God certify you by who you are, right. and in spite of what you do or who you work for, right. not only can God certify you by your righteous life, but God sends the man with the right message. Right. See, Cornelius can only be certified because he got to go by somewhere. All right. All right. And I don't care who you are, how good your life is. You always got to go by somewhere. Anybody know where I'm talking about? It's on a hill far away. And on that hill stands an old rugged cross that God has, I got to send you by somewhere. In other words, I got to send you near somewhere. That you know the sun was near enough to the cross that it refused to shine. The moon was near enough to the cross where it dripped away in blood. That Peter was near enough to the cross that he heard the cock crow three times. That, 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 that the centurion was near enough to the cross that he said, surely, surely, this is the son of God. That John was near enough to the cross. And Mary 
Mary was near enough to the cross that they got Jesus' last will and testament and also got adoption papers. Woman, here is your son. Son, here is your mother. That to be certified by God, you got to go by somewhere. You got to go near somewhere. I need some folk that with me. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain, and it's free to all. A healing stream flows, flows. It flows from Calvary Mountain. You got to go near the cross. But a long time ago, at Salem Church, my theology got helped out by Deacon Gregory Lewis Bailey. I love the song, Near the Cross. It was my granddaddy's favorite song. That's what they tell me, and I believe them. Near the cross. But y'all know, Fanny Crosby says, you just can't be near the cross. You got to change your preposition. Near the cross won't save you. It'll make you feel good. You can come to church every Sunday and get near the cross, but it ain't gonna help you out. But Freddie Crawford say, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory forever. There to reach that golden stream just beyond the river. I need some folk that are able to get in the cross. Your salvation is in the cross. Your certification is in the cross. Your stamp of approval is in the cross. Get in the cross. Get in the cross. Is there anybody here that wants to get in the cross this morning? Get in the cross. we extend an invitation to discipleship. Will we all please stand? Jesus, keep me near the cross. There's a precious fountain. The doors of the church is open. 